0: Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. All right, here we go. Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much. As always, tuning into SST, Apple Podcast app. You know what to do, subscribe, rate, review. We're here with some special guests today, a little home and home, if you will. I just made an appearance on their podcast, The Gridiron Garage, and joining me, the big three, the Plastic Table Boys, Gridiron Garage podcasters themselves. First and foremost, we'll start with the guy in the middle, Zach Curtis. Thank you for connecting us. All? I'm happy we connected. How you doing tonight, man? Dude, I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm pumped, bro. I had so much fun on your guys' show. We talked about doing a home-and-home, and and we're making it happen in like two weeks' time. That's efficiency right there. Heck yeah, it is, man. I'm
1: excited to be on uh, Subway Sports Talk with you, man.
0: Absolutely. We'll get into where you guys are from and located out of in a moment, because it has to do with our episode today, but also with us, who I met during our last recording, Jake Lawhorn. What's up, Jake?
2: What's up? I'm hanging out with my three buds. That's a little catchphrase of mine. Also, I dig that little intro you got made, man. That's awesome.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Get a little ASAP Rocky one train on the beat there. I'm afraid to put it on YouTube. I don't want him to take it down, you know, so I just put it on the podcast. I don't have a YouTube page running anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Nonetheless, I appreciate the kind words. And now, last but not least, the man who apparently I'm going to get along with real well. We seem to vibe on some takes here where Zach and this man right here may butt heads. Jake, Jake has to play a uh, mediator referee every once in a while. But my guy, Big Daddy Griff in the building. What's up, my brother?
3: If I've learned anything is that Pete gets down with big daddy metrics. So we, <laughs> yes. we're all in on it. I am ready. How's it going, Peter?
0: I love that. Absolutely. I love the big daddy metrics. Some not just E What is it? EPA. I like the big daddy. EPA. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm here for. Uh, so the gridiron garage podcast on Apple, Spotify, all the places that you listen hit them on uh, Instagram as well. Gridiron garage. They're, they're great. And you're going to learn why in just a moment. And real quick, Y'all are in Kentucky, and I'm sorry that I just said y'all. It feels like the worst time for me to have just said y'all, but I did it, whatever. Uh, you're in Kentucky, but you guys are mostly Cincinnati sports fans, which is something I learned was a normal thing when I met you on the last podcast. So somebody jump in and talk to me about the Kentucky Plastic Table Boys over here, your love of your Cincinnati sports, and uh, maybe how you feeling a little bit on this uh, post-week nine, now Monday night, with
1: who day had a bad day. Yeah. Who day did have a bad day, um, but the plastic table boys, only two of us are really Cincinnati sports fans. Uh, Big daddy Groove over here. He just bandwagons. Everybody who's good. Really been a Cubs fan (laughs) since 2016. Um, I don't know where he became a Cowboys fan at and um, Purdue. I guess he just wanted to pick the worst team in the big 10. So uh, went after them, but uh, me and Jake over here, we're Cincinnati fans die hard. Big Reds fans uh, love the Who Day. He's a Cincinnati uh, college sports fan, so pretty much anything Cincinnati sports. Even and we even have a minor league hockey hockey team that's you know well, decent. We so. actually have an
2: MLS team. Uh, Not many know. people know about that. But
0: what, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? what are they MLS before? Yeah, we got two teams up here. We got the Red Bulls <laughs> and uh, NYCFC, and I don't. I couldn't name one player on either team. <laughs>
2: yeah. okay. Ours is FC Cincinnati. Haven't got apparently the games are very fun, but uh we didn't grow up like in soccer. We right also here. lose every game, but they're apparently <laughs> really fun. So
0: <laughs> better reason to just get after it a little bit, get uh find yourself overserved by the uh second half. But uh no, I, I heard the same thing about Red Bull games and NYCFC that it's a blast. I heard in Seattle for the uh Sounders and the Portland Timbers, if I'm not mistaken, they're like electric every <laughs> single night they play. But, you know, I, I couldn't say that. in the
2: Seahawks stadium, I think.
0: Is that right? they
3: Always, always playing in the 12th Man Stadium, yeah.
2: So if you guys want to know a little bit about Cincinnati sports, is that uh, me and this guy over here haven't seen a playoff win since uh, we've been Earth? alive? Yeah. Never? <laughs> Never. Never. You're oh. talking about Heartbreak City live here in Cincinnati. We when, just watch for fun, I guess.
0: <laughs> when was the last time you guys had a playoff win? I think um,
1: 1995. Boomer Esiason? For the Bengals. Yeah. That sounds about right.
3: Well, the Reds have won a couple of playoff well, I'm games. I'm talking about I'm talking about the, the Bengals. Series. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the Bengals, I believe it was nineteen ninety-five, the last Ooh. time that the Bengals won a playoff game.
0: That's just rude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we were
2: born in
1: ninety-six. Yeah. So we, we were uh, we were swimming around in the sack. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we got screwed at birth. We we're, were in the womb like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to get birth in the Cincinnati playoff wins.
0: Nope. Oh, my yep. God. So, wait. Now, Boomer Esiason was obviously a great quarterback for you guys over there. He's a New York legend. We were just talking about WFAN off air you know, before we started recording. And I'll tell you a little fun story about Boomer. So, I was working as a fan, young kid, don't really know anybody. Because uh, I'm yeah, i I'm a new guy over here. And I'm, I just worked a 12, like, midnight shift to 6 a.m. shift. Now, his show starts at 6 a.m. I'm at the computer, like, filling out my time sheet, like, half asleep. And all of a sudden, I feel a big, meaty hand on my shoulder. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Boomer puts his hand on my shoulder and introduces himself to me and says, Hey, I'm Boomer. And I was like, are you obviously you're a boomer. Like, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> but what, what a sweet man. Like he took, he didn't recognize me in the, in the media room or the, uh, whatever the newsroom. And he said, hi to me. I thought that was like a really special thing. So that's something to hang your hat on as Bengal fans. You got a quarterback who's a New Yorker and he's a great guy.
1: Pretty sweet. So I need to fact check myself. It was actually uh, 1991. The last time the bank was a born a playoff game. <laughs> so even worse against the Houston Oilers team that doesn't even exist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right oh my god so wait all right let's use that as a good point to segue here because if we had this conversation two weeks ago the two of you would have been high on your horse griff you would have been <laughs> high on your horse as well with your cowboys on our absolute roll. now we sit here post week nine justin field's probably blowing it as we speak against the steelers and the whole nfl kind of flipped on its head after this so we have not just the Cowboys and Bengals lose and lose big. We had the Bills lose 9-6 to six to Jacksonville, which is the most mind-boggling number you'll ever see. The Chiefs only won by 6 against Jordan Love. The Rams got beat by the World Beater Titans. The, the NFL kind of got flipped on its head a little bit here in Week 9. And even the Giants got a victory, so nothing normal happened. But I think the two headliners work out great with you guys being here today to talk Bengals, to talk Cowboys, as those were just disappointing. You both scored 16 points, and we're going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals. What is it like going from two weeks ago being on top of the world, saying, all right, this team is legit, we're not just messing around, we're not a cute, fun little team with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase making some plays, we're a contender, to then get absolutely blown out by a division rival. So what happened in that game, first and foremost, and where is the mindset of a Bengals fan right now?
1: So I'll let uh, Jake take this one first, and then I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off what he
2: says. So the Bengals played the Browns, didn't go our way. So the Bengals got the ball first, ended up driving all the way down the field, moving the ball. Awesome. Then the pick six happens. Bengals got, I think it was third and goal. Bengals throw it out, pick six, returned it down 7-0. Bengals get the ball again, move the ball again, all the way downfield, score. Next drive, huge pass by the Browns for a touchdown, down 14-7, and then it just all goes downhill. I think uh, a fumble that drive and then like a 70-yard run by Nick Chubb, and it was just big play after big play after big play. And I know Griffin opened our podcast talking about how they got dominated, which I don't know if I can quite say they got dominated. It was just huge plays just stacked up on top of each other, and the Browns ran away with it earlier. And like I said, when you get down behind on the Browns and you have to pass to catch up, their pass rush is just too good. Their pass rush will just come get you. Miles Garrett was hitting Joe Burrow all day. Um, I think the Bengals are still good. I'm worried about their defense a little bit because that's what we were so high on at the beginning of the season. Their defense came out awesome, was probably top 10, maybe even top five through the first five games, six games. And then the Jets, I mean, Mike White absolutely tore up our defense. What in the world? Mike White from the Jets? And then, obviously, if Mike White can do it, you know Baker Mayfield can do it. So, I'm kind of worried about the defense, but the offense did move the ball relatively well against the Browns. So, I don't know what to think here. I mean, either way, the AFC North is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I mean, you got four winning teams in the AFC North right now. The Browns, Bengals, Baltimore, and Steelers coming. You know Steelers are going to get 10 ticks tonight. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think personally that this Bengals Browns game is going to be a fun one to watch next time it comes back around. I think these big plays aren't going to happen and it'll be more of an AFC grind that we normally see from this match. So I'll piggyback off that a little bit and uh, I'm going to throw in a couple
1: hot takes too. So, one, obviously, interceptions with Joe Burrow is a big problem. Um, Definitely a good quarterback, great quarterback, if you want to call him that. Um, But interceptions do worry me as a Bengals fan. Um, And then I even told the boys on Sunday that from a longtime Bengals fan and watching the AFC North evolve to the Pittsburgh Steelers just beating the shit out of everybody to now the Browns and Bengals kind of making some noise again, um, it's going to be hard to look at the schedule and not think that the Browns are two easy wins. I mean... I think that they have the number one ranked offensive line. Obviously, their backfield in Hunt and uh, Chubb, both Pro Bowl guys. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't know. I I think he's a good quarterback. I'm not going to put him in a top 10, and I'm not going to put him in the bottom 10. He's definitely somewhere in the middle. Uh, I think he wins the Browns games, but I don't think that he takes the Browns uh, very far. Um, and then going back to the the Bengals side of the ball, I don't think Zach Taylor is the guy that needs to be coaching um Joe Burrow. I don't think Zach Taylor needs to be the guy in charge of that team. Uh, I've said that from the beginning, not a, not a big Zach Taylor fan. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, we have a good team and for, you know, losing to the jets the way that we did. And I don't really think that the Browns is a bad loss. Cause like I said, the Browns are a good team, but, um, the jets loss definitely worried me, but the jets also beat the Titans. So I mean, who are the Jets and who is Mike White?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a question everybody wants to know. Even uh, against the Colts, he comes out with a great drive and then gets hurt. He's now a mystery man. We'll see if he can figure it out again. Uh, it's it's so weird this league, and I think we talked about it when we did your show a couple weeks back. Like one week, you feel something great about a team, and the next time you watch them, they just flabbergast you. Like it's just insane. And the Bengals coming off this huge Ravens victory. And, and then they lay two duds in a row. It's really, really bizarre how it could happen. Do you think it is, and Griff, you could jump in and answer this one. Do you think it is a bit of like, you know, you have big victories and you don't get as prepared or as ready as you need to in in weeks coming up after that? Or is it simply just, you know, it's a long season and you're going to have some stinkers? Like, wh- where do you think it lands on that spectrum? Is it a fluke or is this like teaching you something about this team and how you should trust them moving forward.
3: So I've always been of the camp that it's hard to win in the NFL. It's hard to win consistently in the NFL. There's very, there's a reason there's been very few teams that have done that over the years. Um, I don't think the Bengals are a bad team. Definitely. don't think the Cowboys are a bad team. I think sometimes you just don't match up well with teams or it's just not your day. I mean, you can look at the Titans, how great they've been playing yet. They lost the jets. And then week one against the Cardinals, it looked like a terrible team. Um, you look at the Packers. Packers with Aaron Rodgers, probably one of the top five teams in the NFL. Look at them week one against the Saints and Jameis Winston. They just got absolutely destroyed. So, I really don't know what to say. I mean, the Browns obviously outplayed the Bengals this game. Um, and pass rush and interceptions really hurt the Bengals. So, the momentum was not on their side from the start, like Jake said, once that pick six kind of happened. Um, and I look at the Cowboys game. The Cowboys had three chances in that game to just really get momentum, go on their way right off the rip. So, the first drive of the game – fourth and one or two and Dak misses a guy. They just don't get it. And he was off all game. I don't know if he was still hurt or what the deal was. Second drive, a fourth and like four. They go for it again. Mike McCarthy using the analytics, which is mind-boggling to me. I I like it, but it's mind-boggling to me. And they don't get it again. So that's Back-to-back drives and turnover on downs on fourth down conversions not going to help you momentum-wise. And then the craziest freaking punt I've ever seen. We blocked the punt at the start of the second quarter. Punt gets blocked. I didn't know this was a rule. I thought when you block it, it nullifies all those weird like punt rules as far as muffed punts go. But they blocked the punt, but because it was deflected, it goes past the line of scrimmage. A Cowboys player went off his fingertips when he tried to catch it. That's considered a muffed punt. So even though the Broncos player falls on it, short of the first down on a fourth and ten, it's a brand new set of downs and it's first and 10 for the Broncos. And they ended up scoring that drive. That is a complete momentum killer for that team. And on a game when Dak has been off, he's been playing very bad and just the rest of the team's been dropping passes. Defense has been kind of getting run on all game. It just, it was bad news bears for the Cowboys. This is the game that you Dan Campbell, it you take the game tape and you bury it. You just forget it, bury it. Don't even look at the game tape that game, go back to the weeks you're we doing good and let's move on to Cincinnati. Move on to
0: Cincinnati. <laughs> Wait, are they actually playing Cincinnati coming up? No, no uh, it's it just like saying no, it say, is bell you say. I thought actually you caught me there for a second. I was like, wow, are you doing the bell check thing? Are they actually playing yeah, Cincinnati? Yeah, that would be yeah. perfect. No, yeah, we're
3: doing the bell check thing. We do it all the time.
0: It, <laughs> it, it it comes down to those those like deflating plays and I think about it in the Bengals game, it's not even just the pick six. Like the pick six hurts. But then you get a Nick Chubb just gashing through the defense, deep touchdown, and it takes the air out of the room again. And it was in Cincinnati, so it's double trouble. Like, the pick six hurts, but the only good thing about a pick six is the offense comes right back onto the field, and you can flip the script quickly. Unfortunately, they weren't able to do that. The Chubb run makes it even harder to to come back from. And the Cowboys, man, that punt was off the charts. It was just the moment where they were about to maybe make something happen. And as somebody who bet on the Cowboys this week, when I saw that, I was like, all right, we're not dead yet. We ain't dead. We have a chance here. And then no, the rule gets called out, and you realize that the Cowboys are most likely dead. And uh, we're not going any further with this bet. Let me ask some questions here about the real quick on the Bengals, and I got a Dak Prescott question for you guys. The Jamar Chase pick was obviously, you know, contentious in the eyes of many. I don't know how it felt for you guys as fans. I think we talked about it on uh, your your guys' show. He's Joe Burrow's guy. He's obviously been awesome. But when y'all talk about the issues for Joe Burrow staying clean in the pocket, getting hit, is there still any question marks there or is Jamar chase? Like, has he won all you guys over 10, 10 times over?
1: So my take on that is, um, going back to AJ green. So AJ green, he was either, you know, release him or pay him if he wanted to stay in Cincinnati. Um, a lot to, I love AJ green, but I do agree that he is old. Um, if you could replace him with a young stud like Jamar Chase, I did agree with that. Um, but I would only have agreed with that um, if you would have paid you know, a couple of your other guys. Save that money that you were going to spend on A.J. Green and put it into your offensive line, which they kind of did that. I mean, you know, they didn't go out and get you know, a, the number one offensive line in the league, but they did use that money that they saved on A.J. Green, put it back into their offensive line. Um, now, I'm assuming you're referring to the Pene Suell, or Jamar Chase at number five. Correct. Um, I wanted Jamar Chase for that reason that I just said. You get rid of a stud receiver like A.J. Green, bring in, you know, the next young stud, and, uh, you know, kind of see how he evolves. And Burrow wanted him. So, I, I, you know, I do agree that they needed help on the offensive line, but I think that they still, they upgraded, but they didn't upgrade to the highest extent that they probably could have.
2: Yeah, I think when you watch the games, um, If you really watch, like, go back to the Baltimore game and you see how much of a weapon Jamar Chase can be, I mean, even though that their offensive line could still use some work, I mean, with all the weapons they have, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Jamar Chase, you got Mixon out of the background, Uzama, like literally the um, the Ravens would just bring the house on a blitz and it would leave man-to-man coverage and they can't cover all those athletes downfield. And it was awesome, and uh, obviously, from the past couple of weeks, we know that our line still needs some work. And if you would have asked me before the season if I was happy about Jamar Chase, not sure I would have given you the same answer, but if you asked me today, I'm all in on Jamar
0: Chase. Yeah, and he, he's earned that, right? He's such a dynamic game-changer. Uh, he is breaking games open kind of by himself, and you can't be upset about it at this point. I've always thought about it with Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah, I love him as a player, don't love him as the number two pick, especially now with what his career has produced, which is basically nothing at this point outside of a good rookie season. Jamar Chase is on path to be one of those dudes for the years to come. Now, I just did a quarterback rankings episode last week where me and my guy, Paul Barquita did our tiers and rankings, 1 to 32, across the board. I don't know if did you guys happen to check that out. If not, obviously all good. I just was curious. I did. I did.
3: I did, and I was all in on the Dak Prescott favoritism. I liked
0: it. <laughs> there we go. So I appreciate the listen, Big Daddy Greg. Jim at five? Was yes. that right? Like Right at the end of tier one? Right? I did, and there, there should be some love there for Joe Burrow, too. So I was going to say I had Dak Prescott in tier one at number five, and I had Je- uh, Joe Burrow smack in the middle of tier two, right behind Russell, Will- well, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson really only in tier two because of injury here. But I had Joe Burrow at ten. How do we feel about those rankings? And that was a week ago. Obviously, Joe Burrow didn't help his case this week. Do you think, Griff, before we get to Dak Prescott's number five, was I a little bit too bullish on Joe Burrow there, putting him at 10? I got to ask you that before the, the Who Day boys get into it. So
3: I do a weekly quarterback ranking strictly on this season alone, just right. big daddy metrics this week. <laughs> I believe I have Joe Burrow at 9 or 10 this season. There we and go. the only thing holding him back is the picks, right? It's the only thing I have holding them back is the picks. But it's also Patrick Mahomes, he is not on my top ten list. He just dropped out. He is he just dropped out too many picks and, and too many dumb mistakes. So it's interesting. I have him and Joe Burrow kind of like right in that range because look at their numbers. are pretty close. Both have a lot of picks. Both have a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards. Um, one of the issues is I think that the Chiefs offense should be better than it is than – Versus the Bengals offense, where it should be, and it's just not happening. So that's why I've given the edge to Burrow. But I have Dak Prescott at six on my list. I'm a little bit timid to put him up higher than that, only for the fact that I would get called the crazy Cowboys fan, and I get called that at this guy all the time. So I just kind—he's I, bullied me into putting Dak Prescott lower than he should be. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I I like Joe Burrow. I'm all in on him. I think he fixes the picks and have a really good season. I think that'll help out a lot with the better offensive line. I think he's had some picks this year that have been bad, but he's also had some picks because he's getting pass rush and instead of throwing the ball away, tries to make a play, does a pick. Happens a lot for rookie quarterbacks. I like I like Joe Burrow.
1: So I want to clarify. I think that Dak Prescott is overpaid. I don't think that he's overrated. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, that does make sense. I have a pushback, but you have any you have any more thoughts to add to that? Because I do have a pushback to that.
1: So our debate, and um, I guess our, our our thesis, if you want to call it that, is that Dak Prescott his numbers look so good because he gets so many garbage points, like garbage time stats. And I think that that's where the, um, the overpaid kind of comes in the overpaid take, because I don't know if you look at it fourth quarter, he's down or he's up by a lot. He's still out there slinging it when he doesn't need to be, or, you know, like last
3: year he did get hurt, but what'd you say he was leading the league and like, so Top i mean 5
1: or something la- like that last year i mean he, he was
3: also pacing for like 6700 yards which on pace stats are kind of bs but that's still ridiculous through like a five game span but last year their defense was so bad he was playing from behind the entire game so he was throwing a lot but my flip side of that is would you rather have them not throw the touchdowns in, in a losing effort or still try and go out there and win games because they did it in the in the Falcons game last year they were down by like three scores and it was like, oh, he's getting garbage time touchdowns. I really saw the tweets. He threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They were still down by like 10 or something. He's throwing garbage time touchdowns again. Then they win the game. He comes back in the Falcons choke game. So that's the reason he does it. This year, I think it's complete BS to say that because they were six and one before this last week and he was still putting up the same freaking numbers. He was like balling out and they were winning games all because the defense was even just a little bit better than it was last year. So um, I will agree that he's probably overpaid. I think almost every quarterback in the NFL nowadays is probably somewhat overpaid. I mean, you look at Patrick Mahomes got $500 million and he's coming out having the season, which is not that great. So, uh, but I also, you can look at the flip side of that with the way the salary cap works and that the way you got to keep your quarterback. And I think quarterback is the most important part of a football team, right? You know, you got to pay your going rate. If they didn't pay him, someone else is going to pay him that money and the Cowboys get back to square one. So it's kind of a catch 22. So that when you got your guy, you pay your guy. And I think the Cowboys have their guy as long as he stays healthy.
0: I, yeah, Big Daddy stole me my point there a little bit too with the all quarterbacks are kind of overpaid. Kirk Cousins was overpaid, and then then Jared Goff was overpaid, and then whoever got the next contract is over. Everybody who gets the next contract is overpaid because that's just the market. You have to kind of give that max of it. there's no max like there is in the NBA, but whatever that that new number is, you have to hit it, and it's unfortunate. And I think the Patrick Mahomes deal is extremely interesting because it's so long. Obviously, they'll have a chance to restructure at some point. Uh, And who knows if they don't get back on track, I think we all think they might. Um, That's going to be team friendly in a couple of years because the cap's going to go up like crazy and that'll now look a little bit more normal. So I would agree with Big Daddy Griff there. Almost every quarterback is overpaid. I do think, though, Dak has beaten that garbage time. Oh, he just relies on the run game and O-line narrative and he's impressed the hell out of me up until this past week when I put my chips in his basket, betting on him twice this week, and he crushed me. I feel like he's figured out how to not just be like a leading-type player who's a calm, cool, collected presence as a quarterback. He's actually a much better thrower of the football than anybody could have imagined him coming in. Jake, do you you agree with the assessment on Dak and or Burrow?
2: Um, I really think that Dak is a great quarterback. And uh, I'm all in on the Cowboys. I think they're a legit squad this year. Um, what was the debate on Burrow? I think Burrow I obviously I his worries is the interceptions and watching the games. You know, we've come from a line of Bengals teams that we've seen them not even be able to move the ball. So seeing Burrow move the ball downfield throwing touchdown passes is freaking incredible. And um, I think that there's obviously work like room for improvement. I mean, he just now hit his sixteen game Uh, rookie year, like it's 16 games. Like technically he was still kind of a rookie because he got injured, what, eight games into the season, nine games into the season last year. So he's now just now hit 16 games, which normal people would hit it in their first year. So, I mean, now it's year two. Let's go. Let's clean up them picks. Let's start playing some football. And uh, I think that he's definitely talented and he's going to be, I mean, we have no choice but to trust him with everything that we've got and see what he can do. 100%.
0: I'm with you guys. I think you guys both are in great situations. I'm jealous as a New York Giants fan over here. I would do some bad things to have Dak Prescott or Joe Burrow because I think they're both top 10 quarterbacks for years to come. Uh, Any last thoughts here on the Bengals and or Cowboys before we move forward into some other teams here? Maybe a thought like if there's there's zero worry right for the Cowboys in the NFC East. There's not even one team you're remotely scared of.
3: Yeah, so you were talking about panic button. Like, like would you hit the panic button? Where oh, are you at yeah, in yeah, the panic yeah. button for your teams, Cowboys? I mean, the panic button's still like locked away in the closet, underneath like you know last month's IKEA catalog, right? Like, I don't, I don't give a shit about it. It's, it's off there. I'm not even worried whatsoever <laughs> right now. Now they come out next week. Next week's a get right game against the Falcons. They come out and struggle offensive against the Falcons. I'm gonna I believe one of two things: either okay. Either they figure this out, the NFL's figured the Cowboys figured out Kellen Moore, or Dak Prescott is still hurt because I still kind of believe he was partially hurt in that game. He said he wasn't, so credit to him. He had all the chips on the table to be able to say, oh, yeah, I'm still hurt. That's why I played bad. And He said, no, I was not hurt. I think he was. Jerry Jones, we all know it's Jerry's world. We're living in it. Jerry Jones basically forced him to play. He they asked him before the game, he said, Dax playing. It's not even a question. So I think he pretty much told Dax that, hey, you're we're not having Cooper Rush on a on a, a, a Sunday, a Sunday game like in Jerry's world. We're having you out there, right? So didn't work. They they got crushed straight up. He was missing throws and he did not look good. But burying it, panic buttons away, it's gone. Not even worrying about it right now. Yeah. Um Before
1: we move on, uh, Griff, I just want to say, you know that Baker Mayfield has a completely torn labrum in his left shoulder and Dak Prescott has a little strain in his calf? (laughs) So what you're comparing
3: it to is his off arm, the one he does not throw and he's got an injury, versus the leg he's pushing off to make his throws with. That doesn't make sense, Zach. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Ah, torn labrum sounds pretty painful.
3: On his opposite arm, though, not even the throwing <laughs> arm, right? Dax pushing off with his hurt calf, and he was overthrowing guys all day. He really was. He was overthrowing everybody. I'm just Excuse here. For, I'm
0: here for the chaos. <laughs> Every episode, the Tuesdays and the Thursdays. Right? All right, go
3: ahead,
2: Jake. Griff's just making up for uh, all those sissy calls that we used to get with Tony Romo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's like, We finally have a tough quarterback. All right. He's not a wuss. Uh, but for the, the Bengals, I'm getting close to the panic button. The only reason I don't think I'm hitting it is because they're not a team that, as of now, knock on woods, injury plagued. They're the mm-hmm. same team that beat the that beat the Steelers are the same team that beat the Ravens. Like they're not an injured version of the team. They once were, they're the same team. And I think head over here, everything went wrong in that past game. And I don't know what's going on with them. Hopefully they can get right. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting close to the panic button because I think this division is going to be very hard to win. I think there's definitely going to be multiple winning record teams coming out of the AFC North. Um, but I don't know. Rank it Jake on
0: like a one to 10 scale. 10 being nervous as hell. One being like, ah, we're, we're chilling.
2: Um, I think I'm at like...
0: On the spot. I'm at like a
2: six. Okay, uh, so you're of the over Jets five. Game. So you got the not, because of the... not because of the Browns game, because of the Jets game. Mike White absolutely ball against us dude he threw for like 400 yards against the Bengals defense that i thought was good uh the browns game like literally every like turnovers everything went wrong for the Bengals. but the jets like handled like literally outplayed us with mike white a quarterback which makes me nervous so scrap the browns game worry about the jets game and we're gonna move on we've already beat two out of the three teams in our division
0: so i don't know man i don't know zach Panic button? Where is it? Is it like deal or no deal? You're looking at it. You're flipping open the thing.
1: Um, what'd you say? Six? I said six. All right. Yeah, I agree with Jake on six. Um, really? My <laughs> take is that I think that it starts with leadership. I mean, we talked about on Gridiron Garage that uh, Bengals don't have a GM. We don't know who makes the decisions. Uh, is it the <laughs> owner? Is it, you know, who is it? Is it just a board of directors? Uh, but I think that it all starts with leadership. I think that uh, it as long as Zach Taylor's there, my panic button's going to be over five, no matter what. I do not think he's a very good coach or a strong leader on the football team, but Hey, I mean, if he rallies the guys in the locker room behind him, then so be it. But, um, I don't know. I just don't see Zach Taylor getting us to our, uh, first playoff win in 30 years.
0: <laughs> okay. So the six, six sounds like you're nervous about the full future of this season. Like how far you can make it to the playoffs, but are you still feeling like this is a playoff team, right? Like, is it, is it, a playoff or bust mentality for the Bengals right now. It's such a tough division with the Ravens being as good as they can be, and even though that you guys beat up on them, like, is it a playoff or bust mentality for the Bengals? It's it's a really weird thing to say because the AFC is an absolute mess right now.
1: Ab- absolutely, if the Bengals do not make the playoffs, I'm not saying win a playoff game. That's a lot for Cincinnati fan to ask for. Um, <laughs> but I think that definitely, if this team cannot make it to the playoffs. Uh, Even a wild card spot, Um, definitely panic mode. uh, I mean, I think they spent like $230 million on their defensive line in the offseason, and they're going to let Baker Mayfield do that to them. Um, I mean, granted, secondary wasn't any good either, but I don't know. Maybe you sure up that offensive line and my panic goes down a little bit. um, But where's their cap at? Uh, You know, who are they going to pay? Burrow is now on, gonna be on year three of a four-year rookie deal, so definitely gonna have to pay him here soon. So, uh, left tackle, right tackle—I mean, those are big, big-ticket guys that uh, the Bengals are gonna have to pay.
0: Yeah, it, it, absolutely. It's always it's gonna be uh, interesting to see how they can work their way through the rest of the season. And uh, they played the Ravens, Browns, and did they play the Steelers yet? Yeah. Yes, once only, only once, right? So they have each of them one more time. Mm -hmm. We got some exciting games moving forward. Oh my God. It's it's looking (laughs) like some great weeks ahead. I can't wait for it. Let's talk about some other teams and regroup real quick. Subway sports talk. We got Zach Curtis, Jake Lawhorn and big daddy Griff on subway sports talk right here. We just talked Cowboys Bengals, but they're not the only two teams who had lopsided uh, outcomes in week nine. So we have to touch base on a couple of these other teams really quickly. And uh, I'm going to include some teams who actually played well uh, as well. And we can kind of talk, Confidence meter, panic meter, we can go wherever we want with it. So we had the Bills lose to the Jaguars 9-6. to We had the 49ers pretty much get pummeled by the Kyler Murray, DeAndre hopkins list Cardinals. We can talk about a confidence meter there for the Cardinals. And then the Titans and the Rams on Sunday night with uh, basically beating of the Rams. You talked about Joe Burrow being uncomfortable. Matt Stafford had some of those same exact moments early in that game. So, Jake, I'm going to you. Out of the Bills or the Rams, what did you learn more from? Like, which game did you learn more from? Uh, And is it panic or is it confidence? Where are you at with either of those teams? Pick whichever one you want to start off with.
2: So, you know, I don't really know what to think about Buffalo. This is just such a weird game to me. I mean, Buffalo has been the team that has just dominated the lesser team. I mean, they beat the Texans by, what, 40 points? So you see Jacksonville come in. You're like, they're going to be Jacksonville by 40 points, but it doesn't happen. Why? How do you stop Josh Allen? How do you stop that offense to six points? Dude, I don't even know. Like I looked at this game and was so utterly confused. And I think if you're the Rams, you're probably nowhere near that panic button. I think the Rams are a legit, legit squad. And, the Titans are just a weird team and like I'm one that has not been a big fan of the Titans. I thought that, uh, really like they got these skilled players, but you can't use them all. If you're going to use that running back the whole time, which now he's hurt and then they still come out here and put 28 to 16 Titans over Rams. I think that's a good win. I mean, I said on our podcast that I think the Titans passed four wins. Let's go ahead and, and uh, see if I can find this real fast, but the Titans past four wins have been over tough competition and good quality wins. So, I think the Titans are actually a pretty good team. I heard I think the Rams are nowhere near the panic button. I think they're legit. And Buffalo, I think after that performance, you got to start thinking about who you are. At 6 points against Jacksonville?
0: Yeah, insane. Why you pull up those wins? I know I heard a stat here. The Titans are 7 and 2, here right? And they've beaten all 7 of their wins were playoff teams last year. I know the Chiefs were in there. I know the bill with a No, they didn't beat the bill. Yeah. The bills were in there. Bills, yeah. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Now, obviously the Rams last night, uh, but that's just a wild thing. And think about all the stuff that's happened since week one, where the Cardinals annihilated the Titans. Everyone's like, ah, <laughs> oh, they lost Arthur Smith. They're done. They have no juice anymore. Tannehill can't do it. Can't get it done. And now they're seven and two. They're first place in the AFC. Like what is going on? The Bengals went from first place in the AFC two weeks ago to out of the playoffs. Currently, like it's absolutely wild. Uh, do are the Titans, Zach? Are they legit? How legit are the Titans? Or are they just on like a otherworldly run right now?
1: Um, I think that they're legit. So here's why: they they beat the Rams, which I came out and said that uh, acquiring Matt Stafford makes them a Super Bowl contending team. Um, they they come out. I mean, they do play in the AFC South, which I mean, look at the AFC South. Maybe the Colts could squeak out, you know, a win in that division, but highly doubtful unless the Titans fall off. Um, unfortunate that Derrick Henry is now out for the year. Um, but if the Titans make it far, Derrick Henry could be back. I mean, that's definitely a good probability. Um, and then if Julio Jones and AJ Brown are healthy, I mean, what, like Ryan Tannehill definitely turned around his career from leaving Miami to go into the Titans. Um, but is it Ryan Tannehill or is it Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, um, A.J. Brown, you know, the guys that they have around Tannehill? So I'm high on the Titans. I think that uh, they, can, they can make it far. And I made a comment on our podcast earlier that even though that AP is old, I still think that if they keep him around, for if he, even if he takes league minimum, that's still not a bad backup to have behind Derrick Henry. Even if you, you know, a guy you're going to plug in just to give Henry a break, he still could have some production in the league. I mean, not high, but I, I still think that that's not a bad pickup on the Titans to add to that already good offense that they have.
0: Yeah. It was interesting seeing how they used him, you know, in certain situations yesterday, kind of get him going. And then late in the game, they wanted to get him that touchdown, get his confidence up. Chris Collinsworth kept saying on the broadcast, he, he's running high. And you got to think that's something that is going to come around as he gets more reps under his belt. Now, here's some big daddy metrics for you guys. Uh, I, listen, I heard this on uh, from Warren Sharp. He's with the Ringer. He has obviously his own football thing, Sharp Analysis. He was talking about Derrick Henry and this Titans offense and how there could be a weird Ewing theory. Uh, you guys familiar with the Ewing theory? That's a Bill Simmons term as well. So it's like Patrick Ewing got hurt for the Knicks and they went to the finals. So the Knicks actually got better when they lost their, their best player because the rest of the team kind of rallied around they got to spread their wings a little bit. So there's a little bit of a Ewing theory possibility here with Derrick Henry and the Titans, and here's kind of how it worked out. So even though Derrick Henry was on a record-breaking pace for yards, chasing on Eric Dickerson's um, you know record in the NFL history, and a touchdown record run he was on as well, he was actually pretty inefficient this year. He was averaging just about four four 4.3 yards per carry, if I'm not mistaken. His EPA per play on early downs was not very good. He, he really was only effective uh, later in fourth quarters and in short yardage situations, which is obviously very valuable. He wears teams out as they go, but there's an argument to be made that he was, by, by them relying on him so much earlier in the game, it didn't allow the passing game to flourish. And we were waiting for A.J. Brown to get going, waiting for Tannehill to look like the Tannehill we've seen the past year or two, Julio Jones, same thing. We're waiting and waiting for that offense to figure out how to move the ball in chunks down the field in the air. And now there's no tie to having to run the ball 30 times a game to Derrick Henry. So they're going to be able to pass on first and 10 more often. They're going to be able to pass on second and eight more often, whatever they're in, right? Which are more efficient plays normally than just straight handing it off on first and 10, first and 10 run every single time. Is, Is there any validity that big daddy metric there big daddy like what do you think about that like Derek Henry's numbers were so sick his highlights are awesome he's Derek freaking Henry he's the king right but some of those statistics are a little bit interesting to me
3: yeah I I think there's some validity to it it. seriously I think he's a freak athlete and I think the reason that you start him and when he's healthy is because he rips off those 99 yard runs and stiff arms three people and he's like a game changer for plays in the game I think that's the reason he's out there but I mean to your point, if you feel like you have to give them the ball, that can almost hurt your team in some cases if they're just game playing for that, right? I equate it to almost sometimes, like, you look at uh, the Rockets teams a couple of years ago with James Harden, like, they were overusing him because he was their best player, and they would lose games, and it wasn't really James Harden's fault because that was their best option was just to give it to this guy. But if they, you know, were able to spread the scoring out, they might have been better. That's kind of what I'm kind of thinking here with that Ewing theory. So I can definitely see that being something – for sure. Um, I also think they would be idiots not to play him if they had him healthy. So yes. it's like a catch 22 with that. you Right.
0: Know? Right. And you got to figure out like what's the right amount of usage. Like he clearly gets better with more touches, but if he's not efficient on first and down uh, first and 10, like let's, let's mix it up on first and 10. The Vikings drive me insane with that. Sometimes where they're first and 10 and they hand it off to Dalvin cook and he gets, you know, one yard because there's eight guys in the box. And then all of a sudden they're third and nine and they run a fucking flat, pass to the fullback, and it pissed me off two weeks ago. I was, so, I was so annoyed. It also reminds me, I love your basketball analogy, of the Celtics a little bit, right? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are so damn talented individually, but all the other guys in the Celtics are like, yo, we want to play too. Like, And then you need Marcus Smart to hit a shot late in the game, and he's ready to freaking chuck it because he hasn't touched the ball in uh, <laughs> in eight plays, right? Like, That's not a healthy way or not a yeah. good way to in- invest in your team long term. So I, I don't know. I think there's some validity to it. I think we're going to see uh, the AJ Brown we got to know and love last year. Julio Jones obviously might be in and out of the lineup, but there's a chance for this offense with their soft schedule coming up. They had one of the hardest schedules in the first half. They're going to have an easy schedule in the second half where they can all of a sudden be like 11 and four and just running away with the AFC.
3: I will say I've won some money on the Titans this year. I'm definitely betting them again this week right now. I think they're three, three points. Um, so I've won some money on them. I think they're legit. Um, they, they beat the Rams Going go back to what Jake said. I'm it's like the Cowboys not even touching that panic button. It's still buried in the closet under last year's Ikea catalog. Right. Not even worried about it. Going to the bills though. Uh, I'm not on the panic button, but you know, I definitely, you know, cause I haven't used it in so long. I definitely did the forgot your password thing and got my password back just in case <laughs> getting it ready for the future. Right. you like, I mean, you look at them, they, like Jake said, they beat up on the, on the bad teams, but then you now look at them, they lose to Titans in a close one. Right. Then they barely beat uh, Miami. It was a close game the entire game. They finally pulled away and somehow covered at the very end. And then now they have this game against the Jaguars. Yeah, I definitely uh, typed in, forgot my password, got the password to my lockbox to pull the panic button out. It's 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 just it's it's ready to be unlocked at this point. That's all. That's where I'm at with that. If I'm a Bills fan,
0: Zach, what's the most impressive win of the bunch here? Because they, they, if you really look at this now and what we know about all these teams here, I don't know how impressive all these Bills wins are. They the loss to the Steelers in Week One beat the Dolphins football team, Texans, the Chiefs, which doesn't feel that impressive now, even though it felt huge then, and the Dolphins again. Are, are there any wins there by Josh Allen and this Bills team that are actually impressing Zach Curtis? Because some of them are like, oh, okay, you beat the Texans. Sick.
1: No, none of those that you just mentioned. I mean, the Chiefs, maybe, but like you just said, I mean, we know who the Chiefs are now. We're almost midway through the year. Um, well, we're over midway through the year, so we know who the Chiefs are. Um, none of those wins remind me of 2020 Buffalo Bills. Um, is Josh Allen still playing at a high caliber? I mean, you could say so, but, I mean, do you compare that to 2020? Do you compare that to 2019? You know, whenever – was it 18 he entered the league or was it 19? 18. I think it was 18.
2: Yeah, yeah, Last
0: 18, year was the yeah. 30.
1: Okay, so, I mean, does – like, it's so hard to compare – just like Patrick Mahomes, he bought out and then got a half a billion dollar deal with 300 something million guaranteed. And now look at him. I mean, he's not doing very well. So to answer your question, no, I don't really think that any of those wins impress me from the bills, but you also got to think of the division that they play in, kind of like the Titans. I mean, the Patriots are coming around um, the Dolphins. I mean, they're terrible. I don't think Tua is a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to pan out in the league very far. Um, and then who else is in that league? The, is it? Uh,
0: the Jets. It's
3: uh, it's Colts, Jaguars, Houston, and, and
0: Titans. Uh, the Jets. I was thinking the
3: Jets. About the Bills. Oh, Bills? Oh, yeah, it's, it's Jets. It's the, Jets. It's the Jets, yeah, Jets and then, and then and the Jets Bills are terrible, too. So,
1: No, I mean, if they don't, like, they're going to lose the division to the Patriots, who really, in my opinion, have no business being there other than that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach ever. So, that's my opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you. They have a get-right game. They're at the Jets this week, but they have the Colts, Saints, Patriots, Bucks the following uh, three weeks after that, or four weeks after that. So they'll be tested. They haven't really been tested yet, and they're going to be tested now moving forward. You expect them to come out with some vengeance uh, against the Jets. They're going to take that out on poor Jets fans again uh, on Sunday here. But they should obviously win this division, but now it's tight. And you look at this AFC standings, and it's a little bit funky over here. We'll have to see if they can get right. Now, since we're here on the Patriots, we have any Patriots takes? I've been listening to Bill Simmons. I'm a big fan of his podcast Um, sometimes his homerism kind of bugs me out. Like he's talking about the Patriots as a Super Bowl dark horse early in the year. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm rolling my eyes, but I love his podcast so much. I I ride with it and I just neglect that. Now he's saying it more and more. I'm still like, Oh my God, he's always saying the Patriots are this and that. And now they're looking competent. Like they're looking like a real team. Anybody have a take here for the Patriots being really good or are they just average as hell?
2: So you can't, count bill belichick out of the game i think the patriots look like a decent team i would never put them in the super bowl contender at this point in time you got to think that they're the patriots and it gets super cold up there and they start to perform even better when it starts to get cold and his coaching the tighter games it seems to go new england's way a lot more often um odds are will they have home field advantage in the playoffs no so i'm not seeing them as a super bowl team um But I would not put my money against New England Patriots, like specific games. Like I told Griffin, because we got a bet challenge going on to say, I don't touch New England with a 10 foot pole on any of these bets, which apparently you're not scared of because I heard you putting money on them.
0: Still lost it. Bet on the Patriots and still lost it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't
2: bet either way on the Patriots games. Yeah, Yeah,
3: I just want to say I like looking at their offense the first four games for the last five games. And it's been like night and day like, they've just opened the playbook up way more, and I think it's because Bill Belichick has gotten way more confident in Mr. McCorkle Jones. I, I like Mac Jones, and he's been the best rookie quarterback this year. He literally has. And it's been – they you look at the first four games, There's a bunch of screen passes and slants. It's like all they were throwing. They were just relying on Damian Harris and their running backs to kind of get him over the hump and score some points and their defense and J.C. Jackson and get a bunch of picks. But now they've been actually opening the playbook up and throwing it. Somehow, some way, Jacoby Myers has still never scored a touchdown, which blows my freaking mind. Let's I have no idea. I, I, I'm with I, you. i I'm literally, I've literally, I, I follow a prop guy on on Twitter. I'm like, I'm about to start going with this guy and just bet him to score a touchdown every single week because it's going to hit at some point. It's like statistically, it's got to hit. But um, it's it's ridiculous. But still, I think their offense has been way better. Um, I don't think they're a dark horse Super Bowl candidate. But I, we would talk about our, our betting. Uh, Contest we have and neither of us want to bet the Patriots as far as for that because we have a pretty gnarly McDonald's eating challenge going to go on for the loser. (laughs) But I am definitely betting the Patriots this week because I think that the Browns are gonna have a letdown game after this Bengals game. I think that um, they just. You look at their last time, they scored a bunch of points against the Chargers. The next week, I think they came out and scored like 16 points or something like that. So I I think they're going to have a letdown game against the New England Patriots, and Patriots are going to win this game minus one. I wasn't confident enough to bet it in the Pick'em Challenge, though. So
0: <laughs> I love the look ahead there on the Patriots. Wait, wait, who's uh who's leading the way right now in your Pick'em Challenge? It's the three of you guys,
3: right? Uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm in last, actually, by I'm one five, game. Five yeah. and two is my record. Oh, let's go, Jake. Five and two, four and three. J- Zach's four and three, and I'm three, uh, I'm three and four.
0: Jake, stun on him a little bit. Let's go. I know. let's get it. Hey, good thing for Jake too.
3: three straight weeks. He's picked because we go ultra hardcore on this. All right, Peter, ultra hardcore. We picked it on Mondays and the line comes out. We aren't allowed to change our bets after our pick. Jake has had his quarterback of his pick get hurt three straight weeks and he stuck in road with him the whole time. We had Aaron Rodgers list on the Monday. We didn't flip our picks so he stuck it and we both lost. So uh, we're going ultra hardcore on this pushes count as losses only wins his losses. NFL ties suck. No ties in our league. Nope. Oh, I love it. Hey, I started out four and one
1: and I've slid. (laughs) I've slid.
0: Hey, bro, I'm with you. I had a a 21 and 13 and one record. Actually, before that, I guess I was 20. I think I was 20 and 11. No, 20 and 10. I don't know. 21. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I was like 10 games above 500, like 65%. I just went 2 2 and 1, 1 and 4, 1 and 4. So I am right there with you, Zach. And uh, we're going to get into a little pick recap in a minute. That's great. And that's the reason to tune into gridiron garage. If you're not enjoying these guys already, you know, you gotta go check out their pod. Uh, One last quick thing before I get into a Lamar Jackson theory on you guys or take on you guys, any thoughts on the Cardinals? I've been a bit of a hater. I've bet against them a bunch of times. Most of the times hasn't worked out in my favor. Uh, My co-host here, Pat Boyle, who's with me a bunch on Mondays uh, into Tuesday. He's a big Cardinals guy. He predicted them at NFC championship game Mm -hmm. before the season. Are y'all on that wagon there? The Cardinals are legit or you still have hesitation, Zach?
1: So um, I'm all in on the Cardinals, but I have nothing bad to say about them. JJ Watt is my favorite player in the NFL. Sucks that he got hurt, uh, but I'm actually going to throw the ball into Jake's court here because he's kind of a hater. I have never
2: ever been a hater. Dude, <laughs> I said like three years ago about their quarterback, and it's stuck with me ever to, to this day. And you asked what is a win that would impress Zach? They beat the LA Rams. This man loves the Rams, and if you come and you beat the Rams. It amazes him every single time. Like the Titans beat the Rams. He's like, damn, they're a serious team. The Arizona Cardinals come and beat the Rams. That's a serious team. The Cardinals are a serious team for sure. I mean, I think their defense is better than expected. And to win that game without Kyler Murray, like it obviously shows the amount of depth of talent that that team has.
1: So I want to say to respond to his uh, hatred here. So, Um, Matt Stafford has been one of the best guys in the NFL and the lions have ruined his career. And I went to bat for Matt Stafford last year and I put him as a top five quarterback in the NFL. And I got a lot of pushback and a lot of hate. And unfortunately he did play on a bad lions team for many years. So, you know, I could see the other side of the argument, but the fact that he goes to LA and balls out with the Rams, put him around a good team. He's finally getting some respect on his career that he deserves. And um, I just hope he wins a Super Bowl. That's all I care about. He can come to the the worst team. He, he can go to the damn New York Giants, the, oh. a terrible team, <laughs> and win a Super Bowl, and I would be happy for him.
0: Yeah, me too. I would be happy for him there too. I'm actually a Stafford guy myself. Uh, the whole Stat Pafford thing that he got for a while there in Detroit, I was always against that. I'm like, yo, this team is trash. He had – I think there was only – I remember the Stat – preseason, there was only um, three times he had a defense better than like 20th ranked in the league. And one time he had like a 14th ranked defense is when they won 11 games, made the playoffs and whatnot. So like, I'm with you. Stafford's awesome. And I'm happy he's getting his. Uh, Unfortunately, he fell apart on Sunday night. All good. But let's use this Cardinals thing to segue into my next point here. Kyler Murray, obviously been talked about as an MVP candidate, probably leading the race right now. Uh, It kind of hurts him a little bit that Colt McCoy went out and put up 30 without DeAndre Hopkins and did all that. And they still look good without him. Maybe that hurts his case. I don't know. But one guy who I picked to win MVP before the season is Lamar Jackson. So here's my take. Lamar Jackson is the Giannis Antetokounmpo of the NFL. Yeah, Lamar Jackson right here is proving that he is like the guy who just won the championship in the NBA last season. And here's why coming into the league. You know, Lamar obviously way more hype than Giannis. They're both first-round picks, but whatever. Giannis was a huge project, huge risk. A lot of people looked at Lamar Jackson as a huge risk. Can't play quarterback in this league because of the throwing uh, inconsistencies, if you will. And all this dude has done since he's been the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens is ball out and get better and better every single week, every single year. And the best part about Giannis Antetokounmpo last year is that when he couldn't hit a free throw— and teams were counting down from 10, making him rush his free throw shot. He'll airball a free throw and doesn't care. He'll try to make the next one and try to get to the free throw line the next time down the court. It's impressive. It's mental toughness that you don't see in any sport that often. Look at Ben Simmons, who was afraid to even take a layup or a dunk because he didn't want to go to the free throw line. Giannis says, I can't shoot. I'm going to work on it. And now he's shooting a little more. Lamar Jackson, I can't throw intermediate. Now watch me throw intermediate. I can't throw deep. Watch me be one of the best deep ball throwers in the league this year. I love Lamar Jackson, what he's done, and how he's grown as a quarterback this year. And I think the Giannis Antetokounmpo style of mental toughness and working on what you're bad at and not making excuses for yourself, instead putting your head down and saying, I need to be better in this category. I'm going to be better in this category. Makes Lamar one of the most likable players in the league and going to be one of the most successful quarterbacks in the league for a bunch more years to come. How do we feel about that take?
3: I like it. So I've been in on Lamar since day one. Um, I was definitely underrating him this year in my quarterback rankings till recently. until I, I've had him on the list a couple times now. But um, I remember back when he got drafted 32nd overall. I think he was the last pick by the Ravens that year, or might have been 30th overall, something like that, in the first round. I remember in one of my uh it was actually it's a group message where we talk football, one of my fans' football groups. I said, like, he's gonna be the best quarterback out of this draft class, and I got laughed at, and someone I believe quote unquote made the thing is why would you say that when the Cardinals have Josh Rosen? I remember that being a quote to this day <laughs> and I want my buddies and I make fun of them for it all the time, but, um, I agree with you. I mean, the big issue with him, the big knocks on him was he can't throw the ball, especially deeper intermediate, and he can't win from behind. And Jake brought this up on the Gridiron Garage, and he's proved that this year. Came from behind three times and like, double-digit scores in the second half. I believe it was against the Chiefs, against the uh, um, Detroit Lions, right? I think he did the one where they had the Justin Tucker insane field goal, and then now the um, the Vikings game. So, yeah, he's always done is proved to doubt is wrong, like, all the time. There was – I mean, being in Kentucky, right, we ever like heard Lamar Jackson every day being uh, we're about an hour and a half from Louisville in this area. Right. Um, and you just hearing about Lamar Jackson, Heisman candidate, Lamar Jackson. Oh, he goes to the NFL. He's going to be a wide receiver. That's all it is. They'll just make him wide receiver, make him a running back. That's what everyone said. And he, to his credit, said, no, nah, I'm a quarterback and I know I'm a quarterback. And John Harbaugh just took one guy to believe in him. and He did it. And he's just gotten better literally every single season. He's literally gotten better every year. It, it, it's, it's crazy, like, how much better of a player he was from year one. Because you look at that year one uh, team when he was started towards the end of the year for Flacco, and they literally just couldn't throw the ball. It was just, like, kind of game manage the clock on a running standpoint and just dominate time of possession. And now he's freaking throwing, like, 50-yard bombs to Hollywood Brown. He's actually catching footballs. So it's pretty insane. So I'm in on it. I 100% agree with it. He, he'll throw a bad pick, and i will go back there, out there and keep throwing the ball and not just kind of revert to running.
2: I mean, you're missing the point that he's got a long, long future of getting chased down and sacked by Bengals players. <laughs> Trey, <laughs> Trey Hendrickson's on his ass. <laughs> uh,
0: that's good. I, I like that. And Griff, I feel like, you know, we're we on the same wavelength quite often. I think if we had our own podcast, maybe there wouldn't be that much debate. It would just be all this agreeing going on. It's kind of crazy out here.
3: We'll we'll get you on DTB one day. We started the betting show, Death Taxes Bets. Me and my cousin are on. It's presented by the Gridiron Garage. We'll get you on there at some point. We can we can get some pitches, a pick show, Straight up picks. All it is.
0: I love it. Let me let me get in there, rip some picks off. Maybe when I get a winning week back uh, back up. Oh yeah. Week. All <laughs>
1: right. Here we go. I disagree with you. Oh, here 100%. we go. <laughs> so, Lamar Jackson, you know, top five quarterback. Agreed. Elite. Agreed. Okay. I agree with you on your He's a good quarterback. Okay, but to say that he's going to win the MVP over Matt Stafford this year is just ass nine, <laughs> ass nine. Okay, name one relevant wide receiver that Lamar Jackson has.
0: Exactly. All right. Wait. Okay. Continue your point. I'll rebuttal after.
1: And then think about, uh, you know, Matt Stafford. What he did to um, was it Cooper Cup, right? Robert Woods. Which one's leading the the thing? Not my take. Yeah, Cooper Cup. All right. Seem lost. A guy who, you know, kind of just a middle of the guy kind of guy with Jared Goff, you know. Decent guy. But Matt Stafford makes him the highest ranked wide receiver in yardage in the NFL after what, eight games, nine games? You know, I think I think that you're wrong. So, I sound like Stephen A. Smith right now. Ready? But. Wait,
0: all right. So <laughs> let, let, me, let me go back to you real quick. I'm going to put this. I'm going to go my first take impression right here. I'm putting this on the record. That always <laughs> made me crazy when I was younger when him and Skip was there. I'm going on the record. I'm like, you're on live TV. Everything you say is on the record. Everything you say <laughs> is on the record. But I'm going on the record right now and saying that that take is ridiculous. Here's why. You're talking about all the talent at the disposal of Matt Stafford. You got Cooper Cup, top receiver in the league. Bob Woods, an overqualified number two, could be a number one on a couple teams. You got a solid tight end in Tyler Higbee. You got a run game with Sean McVay that's going to be good no matter what. Doesn't matter if it's Daryl Henderson, Todd Gurley, Cam Akers. Doesn't matter, they're going to run the ball. Lamar Jackson's on a ninth string running back out here. He's got Marquise Hollywood Brown, a glorified number three wide receiver, playing number one wide receiver, a rookie in Rashad Bateman, and just Mark Andrews as his only true elite pass catcher on the team. And he's still putting up those stats. He's still got the run game going without a real running back. He doesn't need all the fancy weapons. He gets it done by himself. And that's why Lamar is going to be the MVP. If you take Lamar off that team, they're a bottom third team in the league. You put Jared Goff on the Rams, and they're still a playoff team. Take that for more valuable. That's Lamar Jackson for you.
1: Hey, listen here, man. They <laughs> lost to the Bengals, okay? <laughs> Lamar Jackson lost to the Bengals, who lost to Mike White, okay?
0: <laughs> the transfer of property. Wait, wait, wait. Who lost to the Bengals, show, who lost to the Jets, who beat the Titans, who just beat the Rams and Matt Stafford. Oh!
3: <laughs> he got you a triangle theory <laughs>
0: triangle, theory. We that talk matches triangle of of theory that was
3: like <laughs> pentagon
0: <laughs> theory that was like a five-way that's the transitive property if i ever learned math before baby <laughs> all
1: right well um, everybody just check out subway sports talk good garage good episode i just i mean oh i can't gosh. come back from that i mean oh man but anyways, sorry what I, had to I was gonna you. say what i was gonna say was that Lamar Jackson got beat by the Bengals who got beat by a bad Jets team um, and then took almost five quarters for him to beat the Vikings. I mean, come on, man. The Vikings, that's bad. So I don't think that, um, I don't know. Like, I do agree with you. If you take Lamar Jackson off that team, who are the Ravens? They're the last in the AFC North. I guarantee it. Um, I, I could see your MVP take, but I just think that there's, Way better guys out there than Lamar Jackson that have a stronger case. Um, because essentially, Lamar Jackson is just another running back on that team. No,
0: he's not. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Dude,
1: we ran for over 100 yards last week.
0: I thought that was easy for quarterbacks to do.
1: It is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then why
1: put him at an MVP level guy if it's so easy?
0: So, uh, no, honestly, though, here's where I do agree with you, though. Lamar Jackson winning the MVP is going to be tough because of narrative, right? He just won it two years ago. Unless he kind of surpasses that and gets back to that level of statistics, it's going to be hard for voters to come around on choosing him. And Stafford is kind of that feel-good story where people around the league are so happy that he's in a good situation that I think he might get that narrative bump, and I'm, I'm here for it. If Stafford wins the MVP over Lamar, I'll gladly pay my 20 bucks I put on Lamar, and, and I'll be happy about Stafford, but... I, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting. Obviously, Kyler Murray has a lot to say about that too, as as he leads that race. And old man Tommy B, you know, he he wants to be in, involved in this MVP category as well. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on the rest of the season. That was awesome, right there. We might have to clip that one for social right there. That that was fun. That was a we good. Call,
3: one. We call him Zach Kellerman for a reason. He's Zach Kellerman.
0: <laughs> well, he, he just get fired. Kellerman's out. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah,
3: I got fired from my own show, Pete.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Gridiron Garages here. Zach, Jake, and Big Daddy Griff. We got, we got one and a half more segments, I'll say. This segment, one of my favorite segments we do every single Monday, we recap our picks, and we talk about our regrets, our picks we would do over again, maybe a little self-hatred uh, if we have over some of our picks. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the sounds, Let's go over them real quick. When you have a pick that didn't go your way, but you feel like you trusted the process, you made the right pick, you would do it again, that's when you say, I regret nothing! And then when you have a pick where you bet against the Cardinals again and again and again, and you keep getting burned, and you get burned again, and you thought you beat the system because you, you had the Niners at just minus two and a half, Kyler Murray goes out, now it's minus six, you beat the system, and you still lose, you say, I hate myself. So obviously I gave an example of how I feel about that pick right there. Uh, that's that's fact right there. So I'm going to go through a pick or two of mine, but before I get to that, do you guys have any regrets from your picks or takes from this week nine? And uh, if you do, do you regret it so much that you hate yourself, or is it a no-regret situation where you'd make the pick again?
3: Uh, I got two no regret situations. I do not regret picking the Packers. The only thing I regret is picking it on a Monday before Aaron <laughs> Rodgers told everyone he was immunized. But this, when I saw this originally, the Packers plus one. I think we got it at plus two and a half originally when we saw it. But plus I bet it at plus one on FanDuel and. I was like, this is mind-blowing. They're going to just – Aaron Rodgers is going to destroy that defense. There's no chance they gave him points against the Chiefs defense who's not done anything all year. And then, of course, he's immunized, not vaccinated, whatever whatever the deal is with that, right? Um, the other one that I thought was just like a money one. And um, I was fully, fully in on the rich Basickia train. And I thought the Raiders love this guy Thought they were in, Thought the Giants, like, although they've played better recently than they were uh, ever since Danny Dimes came back from the, from the concussion, they've played better, and especially their defense has kind of been coming together a lot more. But I thought that, you know, Derek Carr with the season he's having, and then them behind rich Basickia and them almost kind of rallying behind some of this terrible stuff that's happened. And how they can kind of get their team together. I thought they were going to come out and just like definitely win by more than three or four points against the Giants I thought they were gonna come out and win it easily easily and it just didn't happen it just didn't happen the Giants credit to them they played well they played they played good enough um and I do not regret that pick I do not regret it there you go. I would bet it again I would bet it again I might bet the Raiders again this week we'll see
0: hell yeah I love it any anything out of you two
2: I think me and Zach both regret picking against the Jets Oh yeah. <laughs> so listen to this. before the season started, uh, we had a big debate on um, whether or not we would bet against the spread because we have like a pretty big challenge on the line. It's like a 10,000 calorie McDonald's challenge. and we're like, how are we gonna do this? We're we gonna pick against the spreads on Monday, right? Like it's so far out or are we just gonna pick who's gonna win? And uh, my argument was we need to pick against the spread because we could just say the Jets are gonna lose every week. And in the very first week we started our challenge, I picked the Jets to lose, and they don't. They win. <laughs> so I regret that decision right there. You can play the regret song. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> and then the past three weeks, although keep in mind that I'm winning this challenge right now, the past three weeks, I bet Browns versus Broncos, Baker Mayfield, Torn Layroom, he sits <laughs> out. The next week, I picked Cowboys over Vikings. Uh, Dak sits out and in the week after that the Cardinals over 49ers and Kyler Murray sits out but I won two out of the three and I picked them all as favorites too and they ended up not being favorites by the time Sunday rolled around Um, but I get the wins either way so I don't regret them
0: (laughs) I hit that a little early let me play one more time for you I I don't regret him (laughs) last but not least Zach what do you got um, so I'm going to go back
1: to week eight where I picked the Bengals at uh, minus nine and a half over the Jets. And I definitely got embarrassed on that. So I would like to take that pick back. Go ahead and play it.
0: I hate myself.
1: <laughs> so I do hate myself for picking the Bengals, my hometown team, over the Jets. But um, no, I mean, I don't regret taking the Packers like I did at plus two and a half last week. I mean, I didn't know Rodgers was going to be out for COVID. I mean, going back to our Lamar Jackson debate, I mean, Rodgers is another guy you can throw in on the MVP candidate if he plays. But I mean, if he's out for two weeks, definitely not. I mean, I think his MVP race is over. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm at. I regret nothing.
0: Great job out of you guys, and now it's time for the biggest regret perhaps of my season. And I'm going to play a clip for you. This is from my picks on Instagram, and I, I don't know if you want to count how many specific things that I said that absolutely were untrue. Let's just, let's just roll the tape, and uh, Big Daddy Griff, this one's going to hurt for you and I together. Oh, we got no sound. Hold on, let me try that again. Here we go. Going with the Dallas Cowboys. Is it a little tough to lay 10 points? Yes. Is it hard to continue to back a team that's already 7-0 and against the spread? Yes, because you think there's going to be some regression there. I don't think it's going to be this week, and here's why. The last four games with Dak Prescott under center are uh, 35 points, 44 points, 36 points, and 41 points for the Cowboys. The Broncos haven't scored 30 points once this year and only scored up to 20 or just in the 20s uh, five times this season. Their offense cannot keep up with this elite offensive unit for the Cowboys. And Teddy Bridgewater has been a little more prone to turning it over this year. The Cowboys can create some more havoc on defense, cause some turnovers, I think the Cowboys can run away with this one with Michael Gallup back in the lineup, giving them one more weapon, one more guy to keep an eye on for this Denver Broncos defense. And uh, Dak Prescott's an MVP candidate. He's going to continue to show it, and they're going to be able to cover 10 points. Oh my God. I hate myself. Like, did you just hear how I not only like the Cowboys to win, but I said their offense is elite. They can't be stopped. They got stopped over and over again. The Broncos can't score. They haven't scored 30 over all year. They score 30. Like I just went over on that picture to count it as two losses. Actually, guess what? It <laughs> did count as two losses. Cause I also put the Cowboys in a money line parlay with the Patriots. I should have trusted the Patriots by themselves. That is two losses. For the Cowboys, I couldn't have been more wrong. I kind of hate myself on that one.
3: The crazy thing is, you could have teased it too, and you still would have hated yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, just no matter. I could have done oh. like a sixteen-point tease; it wouldn't have mattered.
3: I just, I just want to say, if you go by straight up on those numbers, you brought a lot of great points. And if you would have told me that, I would have put probably my house on that pick. I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> so I don't think you should be hating on yourself too much. Uh, it does suck. The, the cherry on top was you saying with Michael Gallup back, and he still didn't even play. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but. I don't know, man. It's it was a weird game. It was a weird game. It just nothing added up. Nothing made sense. Like it was like I picture that game like a verbal meme here of like the hangover one when Zach Galifianakis is sitting there crunching all the numbers. Like that's you looking at all these numbers floating <laughs> around his head. And then he just loses all his money. Like right immediately. So <laughs> I don't know, man, it was weird.
0: I appreciate the moral support and the statistical support there. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's, maybe I would make that pick again, but maybe that's the problem. Maybe that against the
3: spreads pretty damn good. I'm just saying, and all the points they scored, it was a weird game.
0: <sighs> they were due to not cover. I should have known. Yes. I should have known. Oh my God. All yeah. right. That was great. Thank you guys so much. We're not quite done yet, even though I know I want to get you guys out of here. It's getting late here. Um, Kentucky's on the same on East Coast time. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is making sure. I was going to say, maybe it's not late over here by you guys. But no, no we're, we're on the same time right now. We're on the same time. I should have known that probably. Kentucky's not that far off. Anyways, uh, we have one more thing to talk about. And it's really our last word segment that we can kind of talk about whatever we want. And I think uh, we have a quick little NBA point to make here. Now, I know, Big Daddy, that's kind of your domain on the Gridiron Garage. You're the NBA guy, and you are a Celtics fan. As Zach, uh, the aforementioned frontrunner in you, Griff, shows itself when you're a Cowboys fan, a Cubs fan, and a Celtics fan. Unfortunately, not working out for you at this moment in time. The Celtics are in a, between a rock and a hard place, and you have a take for us, don't you?
3: Okay. So real quick, the Cubs <laughs> fan, my whole family's Cubs fan. They're all from the Chicago area. I'll the Celtics it. fan. I only liked them because I was uh, NBA, yeah, NBA, yeah, yeah, yeah. NBA live as a kid. Paul <laughs> Pierce used to bust my ass and I became a Celtics fan because of it. I was like, 10 years old. Anyway, the one thing I want to say is I'm seeing all this crazy stuff about how they should get Ben Simmons, right? How the Celtics tried to go for Ben Simmons. I also saw that like the Philadelphia asked for something ridiculous for Ben Simmons today. I don't know if you saw the the details on that, but apparently when they talked to him about it, Daryl Morey asked for Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, and a protected first-round pick (laughs) for Ben Simmons and Danny Green, and the Celtics just hung up the phone without saying anything to him, supposedly. So um, that was from Shams. But this just makes no sense to me right I mean you got Jalen Brown and uh, obviously Jason Tatum we talked about the whole Ewing theory with them which I can again I can believe that to a certain extent um, and obviously Marcus Smart called him out already this season for stuff like that but the one thing I want to point out is if Ben Simmons is having all these issues with obviously like the fans not liking him, his teammates not liking him. There's obviously there's someone in his life that's talking to him and like in one ear that's trying maybe giving him good decisions in his mind. Maybe it's not the best decisions he should make, whatever it may be. But he's having these issues where he's really not playing right now because he can't handle Philadelphia fans is really what it boils down to, in my opinion. And the Philadelphia fans we know are probably some of the most brutal in sports, right, if not the most brutal in sports. But if he's having all these issues where he literally can't, even, is afraid to go to the free throw line because he can get booed by his own fans, why does he think Boston will be any better? Why do the Boston, why does the Boston Celtics and the Boston fans are going to be any better? Because I mean, yeah, they're not probably not as brutal as the Philly fans, but what makes them so below Philly fans as far as from a, a brutal standpoint and how mean they are to their players that he's going to want to go there because Boston. Fans can still be heinous, right? We've seen Boston fans boo their players tons of times. New York fans, I mean, you're a New York guy, so you know New York is like that as well. What's what's going to be the difference there? He's just going to go there, miss a bunch of fruit throws, and the fans are going to start hating him. It's going to be the whole circus all over again. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, he needs to be in Sacramento until he figures out how to get his head yes. straight. You know, what I mean, that's, yeah, just, that's Sacramento where or Charlotte or something. Yeah, somewhere where it's low pressure. Just figure out how to be a basketball player again. So I've been a big, big Ben Simmons supporter over the years about his playmaking, his defense, all that stuff, and it's just harder and harder to support the guy. I will have uh, one he- thing here for you. It's like reading the tea leaves. I've heard some rumblings of this. So Shams, Sharania, is actually repped by Clutch as well. So Ben Simmons, repped by Clutch, the LeBron, Rich Paul, the whole thing, whatever with that. So Shams is the only buddy, uh, only person getting information on Ben Simmons, and he's the guy who puts out this trade rumor. It's almost like... He's trying to make Daryl Morey look like more of an idiot as much as possible to try to drive down the price for Ben Simmons to get him the hell out of there because Morey's making it very clear. He's not taking uh, a cream puff deal for Ben Simmons. He wants real return, and he's standing true to that, which is maybe smart by Daryl Morey, but it's not working out to this point in time. And Shams is getting this information from Ben and from Clutch or whoever he's getting it from. It's like one of the weirdest situations that I can remember in sports, and I have no idea when it's going to happen, what's going to happen, where he's going to end up. It's a, it's a hard one to follow, I, I would say. Uh, but Jake and Zach, any last words from you guys? It could be a take on football, college football, basketball, your life. Zach, you ran an Ironman race recently. It could be about that. Whatever you want. you have any last words for us, Zach?
1: Um... Yeah, I did run an Ironman and a marathon all in the same month. But, um, wow. no, I want to leave us on a little bit of turmoil and uh, just tell Jake that UC is not going to make the college football playoffs.
2: UC's going to make a run, baby! <laughs> Cincinnati! Champanati, remember when I was saying that?
0: So I don't care what he said. You think they're going to make it? They're in. They're at four right now, correct?
2: No, they're at six, right? They were at two in the AP rankings, and then the college football playoff rankings came and they were at six and they played some tight ones. So it ain't going to help their, uh, their chances, but we'll see where they come out tomorrow.
0: Oh, that's the ne- the next ranking comes out tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a college football guy. I don't know. I hear some rumblings here and there. I listen to some pods where they talk about it and it's just, it gets harder and harder as the season goes on for these non power five conference teams to, to really get taken serious. And it kind of sucks. But unfortunately, such is life, kind of right now, right? Like, what, what do you got to say about that, Jake?
2: You know what? I got a lot of opinions, and I don't think we got time for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have, you'll have to tune into Gridiron Garage for that one. Uh, that was you no, know, I'm
2: this- a big fan. Uh, all I have to say is the words undefeated. Look it up in the dictionary if y'all know. I they know, play trash teams. I know y'all don't know what that they, what they it play means. Trash teams undefeated.
0: Uh, we'll have to see, man. Maybe the college rankings will give them some love, but that's all we got, man. That, this is awesome. Thank you, guys. We might have to do this again sometime. I had a blast. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed too. Grid on Garage on Instagram, YouTube, you know, Apple Podcasts, App Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out these guys. They're clearly fun, and the heat gets turned up even more so when they're sitting just the three of the plastic table boys, you know, getting after it with each other. So I love it. And uh, yeah, man, let, let's keep it going for this season. We'll stay in touch and, and good stuff, y'all.
2: Yeah, P, appreciate it, man all right i'm be on your instagram lighting up your takes coming up please do i'm waiting for it i, I want, I want <laughs> I'll be to be on your out. instagram defending your takes from jake let's <laughs> go Cause gonna, cause your takes are
3: my takes it like, seems like <laughs> yeah.
2: i want you years guys to- long replies on your on some random instagram post of yours like <laughs> 10 years down the road we'll still be fighting i love it i love it
0: all right guys thank you so much signing off sst cheers everybody cheers.